Hi there pod fans, swagat hai. So this week we have a deviation from our standard programming schedule because uh, as you probably realize all of us have full time jobs uh, apart from this which we do as a hobby at least for now. So all those sponsors wanting to get into the action now's the time. Clock is ticking. TikTok, TikTok. So uh, we were unfortunately not able to get together and sit and have a chat like we usually do. But uh, what we still managed to get done was uh, some of the guys sent across some uh, audio clips where uh, they talk about the matches. And rather than playing the role of a host, uh, I'm sat here uh, combining and slicing these uh, files in an empty room. And uh, hopefully you enjoyed this version of the podcast. Please let us uh, know your feedback. This is the Talkie Tata Podcast. So there's no other place where we can start apart from at Old Trafford where uh, Ashwin was watching as you heard in the last episode. But we're going to start with RK who analyzed the game for us and uh, took a look at both Manchester United as well as Arsenal. Have a listen in. The game of the weekend at Old Trafford, great atmosphere, uh, great tempo to the game. Not quite a stand-up and take note performance, but definitely a statement of intent by Ten Hag's United. I thought United started the game really strong in the first 20 minutes or so before the momentum started shifting. But the first goal came at quite the right time, just when it looked like Arsenal were starting to get on top. Exquisite goal involving all the 11 players. Uh, very uh, a, a fun goal to watch, and it's not the first time that United have dragged the opposition up the pitch and then played the killer passes. However, I think the match shows that Arsenal are a serious team to reckon with and United are not quite there yet in the strength of their patterns and their preparation. Arsenal showed a lot of resilience and fighting spirit, I thought, uh, similar to what they have done in their previous games. They were stretching the opposition and looking to get in between uh, those lines which they were creating by stretching. However, For all that fighting spirit, Arsenal showed a very familiar frailty at transitions, similar to what they have done at Old Trafford in the past. So it was a performance mixing strength and frailty from Arsenal. The formation change once they went 2-1 down did not help them. I thought they were all over the place for the third goal. Cristiano Ronaldo, I thought, came in and played quite a strong cameo. He was trying to press, had a few chances, looking very hungry. All in all, good day for United fans and hopefully a sign of things to come. Although, we will have to replicate this performance against lower block teams as well. Thanks, Ake. That was a really good summary of the game. But uh, point to be noted here is that uh, ever since the United boys started jinxing Manchester United, they've been beating teams like Liverpool and Arsenal. They're direct rivals for the top four. So we're not going to be taking them seriously anymore when they say, oh no, Manchester United is not going to do well. Oh no, we're just a work in progress, etc., etc. Just cut it out now. It's done. Anyway, moving on, we also had Brentford Leeds this weekend, which was a very interesting game. High scoring. Ivan Tony got a hat-trick. After that, he posted on uh, social media saying, all of you who took me out of your fantasy teams, how do you like them apples now? Ub's team lost to Tony's hat-trick. Talking of Ub, uh, why don't we hear from him now uh, talking about the Chelsea-West Ham game? 
I don't know what to say about this one. It was another dire performance from Chelsea. That first half was on par with that second half from Southampton. It was almost like I was watching the same game all over again. Um, some really poor, uh, uh, some really poor performances across the pitch. I think all of us saw that uh, reaction from Tuchel when you know Gallagher has the ball. There's probably a forward pass to be played, but he plays it safe and plays it back to I think Fofana or Thiago Silva, or, you know, one of the defenders. So I think that summed up the intent of Chelsea in the first half. You know, it was, I felt almost like uh, after getting a very clear uh, dressing down from Tuchel after the Southampton game, they were very. They felt players went into a shell, and it's almost like they didn't want to give up control, right? And they ended up sacrificing um, aggressive football for just possession, and that really rarely ever, you know, uh, results in a positive result. Um, West Ham scored yet another set-piece goal considered by Chelsea. There's a real problem there. Uh, personally, you know, Mendy is not filling me with confidence right now this season. Um, and, you know, Koulibaly is also making the odd mistake uh, on these set-pieces. Um, you know, West Ham took the lead. The subs made a difference for Chelsea. The players that we have been slating uh, over the first four or five games, Havertz, Mount, they came and made a huge difference. Uh, do want to call out that spectacular goal from Ben Chilwell. Uh, he almost assists himself, right? He uh, Thiago Silva plays it forward. He knocks it down with his own head and nutmegs, um, and nutmegs the keeper to score. That's a fantastic goal. I think uh, there are still problems there. The team is still fragile, especially after it scores. There's a bunch of problems there. Chelsea travel to Zagreb. And uh, we'll be hoping maybe to see the first glimpse of Obama Yang. Uh, on that, I heard he has made the trip. So, some Champions League action to look forward to this week. And, uh, you know, we'll see how Chelsea go from here. Thanks, Ab. So, again, um, Chelsea, similar story, not being very incisive. Another game this weekend finished 5-2, which was Brighton-Leicester. And Brighton are, again, um, every season they... they turn it up even further than last time round. They become more and more of a success story. Right now, they're in the top four. And even if, let's say, they drop out and the big six overtake them, it's fine. I mean, if if Brighton can finish seventh in in a season, I think that's more power to them. Uh, I mean, uh, that's probably pushed Brendan Rodgers even further closer to the sack. And uh, he has a competitor for that who is Steven Gerrard. Let's see what his team did uh, when they came up against the champions. RK has more on that. Moving to the other part of Manchester, the game I want to talk about is Aston Villa versus Man City. I think it was a kind of poetic justice for Man City to drop points in this game, which they dominated after being 3-1 down, 2-0 down in their previous games and then depending on Haaland to bail them out. Uh, Haaland and KDB continued to be on great form uh, this game as well, combining well with each other in tandem. I think it feels like a little miracle when Haaland scores only one goal. Kind of thank God for that. City overall, I don't think have had a great season, especially on uh, when defending transitions, especially with Kyle Walker drifting into midfield and now he didn't have a great game and now he's got an injury as well is something to really be careful about for City because they don't have much depth in their fullback. So that is something to really watch out for, how they handle that and how it affects them. Steven Gerrard's team fought for him 
very good in the trenches display from his team they will need more than this against teams where they're expected to get points and expected to win but they live to fight another day so hard fought point for uh, Aston Villa there I almost said a win because I mean a point against this city team uh, would definitely feel like a victory for uh, Aston Villa Stevie G lives to fight another day Bournemouth have already parted their way with their manager so Scott Park is already gone and they had a, they had a fantastic come from behind victory against Nottingham Forest and that to an away win they went down 2-0 and came back to win uh, 2-3 and uh, they've taken four points from the last two games so um, the new manager bounce working perfectly fine for uh, the caretaker manager another game that happened was uh, Wolves 1 Saints nil so Bruno Lage would obviously be happy because um, there was some pressure that was being piled upon him and uh, his team got the first win of the season so Daniel Potence's goal there uh, bringing home the bacon for them and very key points for them in their uh, bit to retain um, their status of a premier league club it's probably gotten to that point there uh, you think that wolves are now in the mix of teams uh, who are fighting to survive because i guess at this point of time it's it's a fairly large group so let's see how that goes uh, in the future then um, another team that's been touted to be a struggler for survival is everton and uh, ab analyzes this game for us and uh, have a listen The Merseyside derby on Saturday was a super interesting game even though it ended nil-nil uh, the game was a far more interesting affair than that uh, you know chances at both ends Everton to their credit I thought were really really good for large parts of the game they kept Liverpool in check they defended uh, you know with almost like two banks of four they were really good uh, they hit Liverpool pretty well on the counter Gordon uh, you know Iwobi and uh, Tom Davis Uh, even hitting the post at the end of that first half uh, the game opened up a lot more in the second half uh, you know guys like darwin and diaz came more into it uh, you know diaz drawing some fantastic uh, saves out of uh, jordan pickford especially the one where he touched it onto the bar um, you know some really good keeping from jordan pickford there keeping uh, keeping the score to nil nil Everton actually had the ball in the back of the net through Konakodi and it ended up being ruled out uh for a hair's breadth offside so to speak I think uh, there's a lot to be positive about for Everton uh but at the end of the day I think there's two or three games out of the six games where they played really really well but either lost or only taken a point right so they're on four points out of six games uh they need to really start converting uh converting those draws into victories they'll be hoping that neil mope helps them do that uh for liverpool of course on the other hand uh, there are some signs for concern they have nine points now from six games uh, they've just not quite hit their rhythm as radha was saying on our group there's something still missing there that you know there's a bit of clinicality missing and that's kind of preventing them from taking wins where they should be taking wins 
So I'm loath to say that Liverpool are struggling this season because the moment I say that they'll turn around and thrash a team 9-0, which I hope is not Chelsea. But yeah, it does seem like Liverpool are struggling this season. Maybe it's a lack of bodies in the midfield. Maybe it's the new guys not gelling yet. But uh, whatever it be, it's it's something to keep an eye out on a team which uh, we had predicted to be fighting with City for the title. It's early days yet, but uh, let's see where this story progresses. Another game that finished nil-nil this weekend was uh, Newcastle Palace. We had uh, VAR dominating the headlines across the weekend with uh, VAR being in focus at Brentford Leeds, at Brighton Leicester, I mean long delays, uh, long checking times. But um, no other places were uh, the VAR checks in more scrutiny than at uh, Newcastle and Chelsea. So. Um, they had a Newcastle had a goal uh, which was given, but then after a VAR review, it was ruled that okay, no, there was a foul by a Newcastle player, but uh, the replay showed that you know it seemed like uh, the, the Palace defender actually pushed the Newcastle player uh, Joe Willock into the Palace keeper. So there, there are questions about the VAR system as such but obviously the system can only show you the angles the system can only show you the video clips at the end of the day it's again a referee who's sitting there who's looking at uh, the video and then deciding what to do and what not to do we've uh, often heard about it and we've talked about how var implementation in the premier league is probably not up to the standards as the rest of europe which is why whenever we see uh, var in champions league it seems to be much quicker and much more efficient. But yeah, uh, we also have uh, Ab talking about uh, the VAR uh, situation at uh, Chelsea in more detail. So have a listen in. Uh, but of course, there's no, you know, talking about this match without talking about the uh, VAR incident at the end. You know, I think Chelsea were really, really, really lucky to have that goal uh, scratched off. Uh, a poor back pass from Reese James. Uh, Mendy comes out, knocks it in, and then uh, or you know palms it away, and then Corne puts the ball in the back of the net. I think that's you know uh, it, to to me, and I said this also on the group, and I argued it pretty vociferously. It was a foul on Mendy. Uh, uh, now, was it a foul strong enough to be overturned when initially the referee thought it wasn't a foul? I think that is where I think Chelsea got really lucky, right? I think. Easily, that could have been brushed aside by the referee on the VAR replay. And it would have ended 2-2 again. And we would have had a lot more problems to talk about. And now we hear that uh, PGMOL has accepted, basically, that uh, the VAR decisions made at Chelsea and Newcastle were wrong. And they will uh, cooperate with a Premier League review of the incidents. So not sure what's happening there and and whether there is some more quality control which requires to be done on on var as it's applied in the premier league one game which uh, did not have uh, var deciding it for uh, us was spurs fulham where uh, kane continued his uh, good scoring run thankfully for my fantasy team as well and uh, apart from that uh, Mitrovic scored again, the legend. Ab would have laughed all his way to the bank, uh, apart from the fact that, uh, as I mentioned earlier, he lost to a team which had Ivan Toney and Marcus Rashford. So, tough luck, despite Haaland and Mitrovic scoring. The win was not to be. 
so that brings us to the end of um, the analysis of this game week we'll do a special pod uh, in midweek uh, after the european ties uh, i'm hoping to go and see uh, paris saint germain versus juventus i'll keep you posted potentially on instagram at talkitaka keep an eye out for that and uh, today we leave you with uh, the sounds of old trafford rocking thank you for listening and good night you can hear you can hear the united fans here absolutely buzzing after after that game three points in the bag before 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 the game started i would have never thought i would have taken a draw uh we didn't particularly play well but uh three or four chances got three goals uh, i think rashford was a bit passive he could have done better to win the ball back but uh, did his job scored two goals I don't give a if he loses ball or doesn't chase the ball but ends up getting uh, coming up with a good so three points in the bag against high flyers arsenal team is happy players out peace up